At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Before you listen to this episode, please check your pockets for any sausages, bacon, or dog treats. No, seriously. You should check. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That means us, and if you're listening, it means you too. I'm one half of your hosting team, Alex Flanagan. And I'm your other half, Addison Peacock. You're my other half. That's so nice. <laughs> Addison. Oh. <laughs> I'm Addison so cute. Makes the heart grow fonder. So. Aw. <laughs> Addison and I are recording. Um, it, we're, we're distance recording this week, which is a first, it's, yeah, actually. For the first time ever, we're not in the same room. When the first time we've done this. Podcast. Yeah, because Addison is at the beach. So, like, she's having a cool, fun time. I'm sitting in a practice room because I just got out of rehearsal. And so, like, one of us is working hard and the other is hardly working. Does it help to know that I'm literally covered in bug bites? No, because I am too. And I'm still stuck in Virginia. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but there are worse bites to be covered in, which is am... what I'm going to use as an excuse to lead into the cryptid that we're talking about oh this week. Oh, my God. I was just going to say I was wasting away again in Margaritaville. But that... Oh, man. I oh, missed I a boat drinks say. opportunity. Boat drinks. Um, uh, incredible. I had a boat drink last night. I had a Bay Breeze. Right. Oh, proud of you. Thank you. Okay, I'm so sorry. What's Mr. James Buffett would be proud. What's the cryptid this week? Uh, okay, so the cryptid this week is we're talking about hellhounds. Oh. I'm going to say it exactly that way every time I say the word, which I always say I'm going to do, and then I don't. Hellhounds. Yeah. I feel like there should be an electric work. guitar riff there, which is yeah, what that was supposed to be. Guitar. It didn't really work, but we're going to fix it in post. I have an acoustic electric uh, ukulele. I could plug it into an amp and, like, shred. Incredible. Um, <laughs> so that's actually a little bit misleading when I say that we're going to talk about hellhounds. Hellhound is like a super vague umbrella term, right? Okay. So like, uh, for example, if we were to talk about just like wolf men in general, that would be mm-hmm. way, way vague. And so we specifically can talk about like a variant of Wolfman or like the Beast of Bray Road. So when we're talking about hellhounds, there are hellhounds all over the world. These are like a thing that gets spotted with some degree of regularity in a lot of different places across the globe. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit as a branch term and then specifically okay. focus down on some um, continental American hellhound sightings. Okay. So, and then, like, leave it open for a later date to maybe talk about some other hellhounds, because there are some specific kinds of hellhounds that fit into some different, like, branches of that tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, hellhounds as a general term is just any kind of, like, spooky dog. And then there are, like, <laughs> specific hellhounds with specific names that go with specific places. Right. Frankly, I'm surprised it took you this long to cover a, a cryptid that is just a scary dog. That's literally just a dog. Well, I was thinking about picking my cryptid for today, which I didn't do until this morning. I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit last night. It was late this morning. Don't part the um, veil like that. What? Don't part the veil like that. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Whoa. I, mean, I don't mean Sunday morning, as in, like, when the people are listening to this. That would be the I worst. Know. That would be... I mean, this morning, as in the time that you and I exist in, because we are on a different timeline than the listeners at home. That's true. 
Isn't that the wildest thing? Um, anyway, so hellhounds, yeah. I was thinking about like cryptids that I should still cover. And then I was thinking like, well, I did specifically say in at least one episode already that if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out petting a spooky dog. And yeah. so I figured I might as well cover my own bases on that one. Oh yeah. So for all the listeners out there like me who are determined to die a beautiful dog-based death, um, this is for God. you. <laughs> oh God. Wait, wait, really quick. I'm so sorry. Before we go into this, I need you to see what my shirt is. And I want you to describe what my shirt is to the listeners. Oh my God, it's incredible. Okay, so um, we're going to start bit by bit here, and I'm not sure which is... Okay, we'll start. Um, I'll go from right to left, top to bottom, as okay. I'm seeing it, which I think is your left to right, if I'm doing this correctly. I think so. Although it may be mirrored. I, okay, anyway, I'm not sure. Um, no, because I'm reading... Yeah, okay, you're, you're left to right. Yeah. Great. So uh, starting on the right corner, as the viewer sees it, on Addison's shirt in the top, we see an old-fashioned uh, condenser microphone. It looks to be condenser. Is that right? Yes. It looks like a condenser mic. It's a condenser mic on a stand uh, with a cord trailing behind it, like old black and white print, like kind of vintage looking. Um, next to slash in front of the microphone, like in prime recording stance, <laughs> is a beautiful, beautiful um, cat. <laughs> it's got like a, like one of those little kitty mustaches. It's like a black cat with like a little white kitty mustache and like a blaze on his chest. Her chest, maybe their chest. I don't know. Um, and then the font underneath it is just a singular word in kind of like vintagey script that says podcasts. And I love it. I love it so much. I bought it yesterday and I realized I would be recording in it today and I got so excited. It's very good. Uh, okay. Please. Um, Teach but enough me. about cats. We're going to talk more about spooky dogs. Let's tell me about the spooky dogs. It's spooky dog time. Okay, so the um, cryptid wiki defines hellhound in its most general sense as a supernatural canine found in folklore, sometimes known as black dogs. A wide variety well. of ominous or hellish supernatural dogs occur in mythologies around the world, almost as ubiquitous as, like, the dragon. So just like there would be specific dragon-like creatures in specific places, there are specific hellhounds that go in specific regions. And hellhound itself is just sort of a branch term. Okay. Um, so features that have been attributed to hellhounds include black fur, glowing red or sometimes glowing yellow eyes, super strength or speed, ghostly or phantom characteristics, and sometimes even the ability to talk. Just off the top of your head, Addison, what are some of the most famous hellhounds you can think of? Scooby-Doo. Close. <laughs> um, no, uh, I was thinking, in actual seriousness, uh, hellhounds pop up in Greek mythology like you would not believe. Yep. Um, so they're in, like, the Percy Jackson books, and they mm -hmm. are in... Yeah. They actually pop up really heavily in uh, on the TV show Supernatural. And okay. there is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where a uh, disgruntled student tries to release a bunch of hellhounds at prom. Incredible. Things I wish <laughs> happened to me in high school. No. Um, that would have been probably so much more interesting if there were just, like, spooky dogs everywhere. Love it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. So talking about Greek mythology, the most yes. probably infamous hellhound of all time is... Oh, Cerberus. Cerberus. That's right. The literal hound of hell. Love it. Um, so Cerberus is, in Greek mythology, the, the sort boy. of guardian dog of the underworld, right? Which is definitely um, the mental image you want for this mythos. Hellhounds are everywhere, though. I mean, even in, like, Harry Potter, the whole Grimm thing, Fluffy. that's a hellhound, Dude. right? What's so Fluffy I'm too? dead serious when I'm talking about hellhounds. <laughs> what about also Fluffy, uh, who guards the uh, sorcerer's yeah, stone, right? Yeah, Fluffy would definitely count as a hellhound. Okay. Rad, 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 rad. So that, again, is just the most baseline description. Um, as we sort of branch off of the hellhound uh, definition in its basest form, we get a little bit more variation. So sometimes we're talking about hellhounds have multiple heads. Sometimes they have 
Um, sometimes they're larger in size than normal dogs. Sometimes they're just like big, but within the, the realm of, of normal dogitude. Um, sometimes as opposed to having black fur, they're nearly hairless, kind of like sphinx cats, but like spooky and emaciated. Um, so there's a wide range of things these can look like, but you're never, ever going to mistake a hellhound for something else. Like okay, if you see one, gonna... you'll know. So it's not going to just be like an aggressive dog. Uh, no, the glowing eyes would sort of give it away. Okay, as well, well you didn't as talk about the glowing eyes yet. <laughs> I well, I think I mentioned it. Yeah, glowing red or yellow eyes. Okay. Um, also, hellhounds sort of vary by region and determination. Um, okay. In cultures where hell is associated with fire, um, then hellhounds sometimes will have more like fire-based characteristics. So that's not true in every culture, obviously. Right. But in cultures like so in American folklore, where we tend to think of hell as like fiery and like blazing hot and terrifying, um, sometimes these dogs will literally appear to be on fire or have like those uh-huh. fiery eyes, um, breathe fire, like it just those sorts of associations. So to give it that evocation of the horrible, terrible afterlife characteristic, they literally so, look like dogs from hell. So in a region where hell, like I know there are lots of areas with mythology that links hell to being like an ice kind mm-hmm. of realm, they, they would have frozen characteristics? Um, they might, yeah. I, okay. It's definitely possible. Now, I couldn't find any specific examples of that because that's where my mind went to, but mm-hmm. I believe that it's probably true. At right. least in those areas, the hellhound doesn't have the same fiery characteristics. Right, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so that's how that goes. Um, specifically, though, in America, there is one kind of hellhound that is usually referred to as, quote-unquote, the Appalachian hellhound. Now, it doesn't strictly reside in Appalachia. There have been a lot of sightings of this thing in Louisiana as well, up to Connecticut. So pretty much, (laughs) it beats me. So pretty much around this, um, this East Coast area, stretching from basically top to bottom, from New England down to the bayou, Mm -hmm. there are sightings of the hellhound. And a lot of them are pretty recent. Like, even up until the beginning of the 21st century, there are eyewitness accounts of the hellhound. He hitchhiked down for Mardi Gras. Probably. Um, so there are a lot of pictures of Hellhound, and here in a little bit I'll drop some into our Facebook call so you can see yeah, them. Yeah, let me see them. Um, but it's funny because some of them literally just look like my dog. Oh, so. no. Bear is so much better than that. Bear is a very good, sweet, wonderful Hellhound. He's I love a good him so boy, much. and his eyes have never glowed. <laughs> yeah, well, well, he does have, like, those bright orange eyes that sometimes are kind of spooky. Yeah. Night. I don't know if I'd say that they straight up glow, though. They, they just kind no, of No, they shine. definitely don't. Um, But speaking of this um, Appalachian hellhound or Kentucky hellhound, as it's referred to sometimes, which is a misnomer because it's not just in Kentucky, um, but I found what I believe to be the single most incredible eyewitness account on the internet of a possible hellhound sighting. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Here's the thing. I guarantee you, you're not. Alex texted me about this today and said, I found the best eyewitness account. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. So this actually, I believe this sighting, if I'm parsing it correctly, is from Jacksonville, Florida. So down further in that that region. Um, And I'm going to do my very best to vocally represent the punctuation in this sighting as best I can. So understand that this is trying to be a faithful depiction to you of what I have in front of me. This is posted on the unexplainedmysteries.com website under the cryptozoology bracket um, from December 7th, 2010. So pretty recent, all things considered. Uh, entitled Possible Hellhound Sighting. This comes to us from the member of the board named The Silent Asylum. The is capitalized, silent is capitalized, but silent asylum is all one word. Just yeah, for, you know, 
for flavor text not? there. Alrighty. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Let me just like let me just like center yourself. In. Let me just center like yourself. In. Um yeah, so picture picture the scene. It's Jacksonville, Florida, probably a balmy night. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't say when this story took place, but it was posted in December. So I don't okay, know. Are so you ready? It doesn't really matter because Florida doesn't have seasons. <laughs> yeah, right. It just hellhounds. So here we go. All right, I'll include every detail about this. I don't know where to begin with this, so I'll just start at the beginning of the night. My brothers-in-law, one is my best friend, his name is Michael, he's 18, his brother is 20, his name is Steve, as well as my friends Derek, 15, and Daniel, 15, were all with me. I'm 16, in case the age is irrelevant. Anyway, there is a baseball field near my house. Again, in case it's relevant, I add the location. Back to the story, Mike and I are very close, and being young guys, we like to screw around with our friends. So we told them we should go up to this baseball park that was haunted. It isn't haunted. We wanted to scare them ironically. So we told them that a woman had been killed on the largest of the five fields there. So we parked Steve's van in the parking lot in the field by which there is a large stadium light, but it barely illuminates anything but a 50 foot radius on the ground. We got out of the van and began walking outside of the field by the first base side. The home plate side is by the very end of the park, which is moated by a ditch. Mike screamed in order to scare the rest of us. So naturally we all ran back to the van. This happened several times until we decided to actually go onto the field through a gate located in the right field fence line. Aww. So up till this point, the screaming and everything has just been happening like between the car and the field. This is so weirdly wholesome. <laughs> like so many oh, it, teens it gets... get up to like doing drugs and like vandalism and they just want to go on a haunted baseball field. They just want to go on a haunted baseball field. Um, we walked towards home plate slowly, repeating what we had done outside of the fence as far as the screaming thing. Here's where it gets wild. Is this stand by me? Here's where it gets wild. Oh, take me, take me there. Now, both Michael and I are somewhat ESP, if that is the correct term, as I have seen several otherworldly beings, which I assumed were demons as they were black figures. Oh my god! (laughs) The third time we were walking to the home plate, Derek, Michael, and I all linked arms because as soon as we entered the field, the temperature dropped what felt like 20 degrees. We walked slowly, while Daniel and Steve led us by almost 10 feet. The field is very large, as big as a MLB field, so it was a bit of a walk. By the time we reached the clay and Steve and Daniel were near the pitcher's mound, an unnatural fear came over me, and I began to beg them not to go any further. They both laughed at me, and Michael agreed with me, advising us all to walk back. They decided to keep walking, and as soon as they crossed the pitcher's mound, my entire head felt like I had been struck by a flashing headache. Oh no! His entire head was hit by a headache, Addison. (laughs) Be nice. Be nice. Something caught my eye by left field and I looked over. There was a creature. It had the body of a very skinny dog, but the body was around seven feet long. Its legs were as skinny as a large baseball bat and around the same length as the baseball bat. (laughs) Convenient since they are in a baseball field. It's a really easy metaphor, right? Um, The head of the beast looked like a hollowed out tiger's skull. Even though it was pitch black, we, Michael and I, could see that it was a milky gray. It emitted no light whatsoever. Unlike all those normal dogs. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Weirdly enough, this thing wasn't glowing. Weirdly, I saw a dog and it wasn't emitting any light. It wasn't emitting any light, which I thought was strange. Is it possible this is the first non-hellhound dog this guy has seen? (laughs) Maybe he just doesn't know what dogs are. As soon as I saw it, I felt as a primal fear that I have never experienced before in my entire life, as if I was staring death himself in the face. The creature was on the outside of the fence and was running up to the fence. Instead of putting its front claws on the fence, it pulled its its right back leg up over its body with its spine bending disturbingly. It latched onto the top of the fence and lifted itself over. 
Ew. It's very bad. Ew. As, <laughs> as soon as it hit the ground, it disappeared. No flashing. It was there and it wasn't. So just to clarify, this thing doesn't glow and it doesn't flash. There was no flashing. Just it for everybody bend. who was wondering. But it does bend its spine like some terrible dog origami. It does know some dope circus tricks. <laughs> um, this happened in the course of a second. Of course, at this point, I turned to Michael and screamed, holy God, did you see that? And he was already screaming, what the asterisk, 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 asterisk was that? Oh, we looked back and all of we looked back and all of a sudden three other creatures appeared in left field, each almost a third of the size of the original beast. They appeared to be medium-sized dogs, all the same color as the beast, with glowing reddish-yellowish eyes. Again, they emitted no light, and at this point Michael and I both screamed for everybody to run for their lives okay. because we were both filled with the primal fear. Okay, no no no. They can't also have glowing eyes and emit no light. They can't do both. That's not how that works. I, they gotta pick one, right? Like if you're gonna have glowing eyes, you gotta you gotta just glow all over. Also, but these dogs break the rules. Sighting? Is there more to this sighting? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just interrupting for a second, and I'm going to posit a theory that I have, which are that the littler ones are its babies. Uh, maybe. I, I kind of got the feeling that maybe this, like, horrible dog that, like, flashed, but there was no flashing out of existence, like, split itself into three other dogs. <laughs> oh, no, I thought they were its puppies. Uh, no, because these are medium-sized dogs. I don't think they're pups. Yeah, they also the don't glow. Is huge. So they, they emit no light, Addison, just to clarify. <laughs> okay, Alex. One, all dogs emit their own internal light. <laughs> Two, if the first dog is seven feet long, I think that medium-sized dogs are probably about the right size for its babies. Uh, I'm a little confused because there's no size comparison for their legs and whether or not they are as long and also as wide as baseball bats. <laughs> How will I know? I don't know. However, it is made exquisitely clear to us that they do not glow. Like, that is for certain. They emit no light. Um, are you ready? Yes. So when we left off, um, Michael and the narrator were both screaming for everybody to run because they were both filled with the primal fear. Of course. Uh, running away, I looked back and the dogs had turned to watch all five of us leave and they were slowly walking toward us. So I turned my attention back to running. So he was running, looked back over his shoulder, and the dogs were walking slowly, so he kept running. I also like that he stopped when he looked over his shoulder instead of doing the, like, <laughs> horror movie classic. Maybe he's seen yep. a lot of horror movies and he knows that if you look over your shoulder while you're running, you're going to it's trip over definitely possible. and fall on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back at the van, Michael and I began to describe what we had seen to the three of them. And I hope by the three of them he means the three friends and not the three dogs. It's not actually specified, so it could be either one. I think it's probably the three friends. Maybe, but just keep both possibilities in your mind. I am. They didn't believe us and thought we were still screwing around with them. Even though I was crying, I was still so shocked. Steven, Derek, and Daniel all went back onto the field, and Michael and I stayed with the van, reaffirming to each other that we had seen it. We began to walk towards the field again, and I don't know if this is because I have ESP or something of the sort, but I began to see an extremely thick bluish-gray fog surrounding everything. When we walked past the light, it flickered, and Michael and I both began to walk backwards to the van. <laughs> Oh. So, like, not turning and running. They're walking backwards to the oh. van. Because they have ESPs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Still oh. standing there, we were both looking around. I think I may have seen a black dog figure in a bush, but I'm still not sure. But I am sure of what I saw next. I looked towards the bleachers of a different field, and I saw a figure standing there. It was seven feet tall, human-shaped with what looked like folded wings. It had red eyes, and it was just standing and watching Michael and I. Being men, we decided that we were actually going to confront it, and I walked towards it, and it disappeared. This was the last encounter of the night. I don't know if this is relevant, but neither Michael or I believe in a god. We believe that there is something out there, but it either doesn't care or is trying to destroy us. Also, it's rumored that black masses are held at the park. I'm not lying. Please tell me what it was. Uh, um, 
I'm glad he tacked on his like weird agnostic nihilism at the end. <laughs> well, just to clarify, it may be important to the story. Um, also, so first um, I want to know what you think, and then I'll tell you what I think. Well, first of all, that was definitely Spring Hill Jack at the end. Um, the wings would explain why he jumped so very high. Uh, here, here, just to give you a little bit more context, here is one of the top comments on this post. Are you ready? Yes. Where in intoxicated in any way? Sorry, I have to ask. <laughs> Can I get that one more time? <laughs> Where in intoxicated in any way? Sorry, I have to ask. You know, when you get drunk and you see glowing-eyed dogs bending their spines in half and, like, blue fog and... You know, it happens sometimes. Yeah, were you intoxicated 16-year-old boys on... No, no, you know, not were. Where. Where you <laughs> where intoxicated, in intoxicated Perhaps opium? <laughs> on perhaps. Um, here's, here's another good comment. I saw a hellhound once. I say hellhound. It was more like a slightly disgruntled shih tzu that my nan used to have. Man, that dog hated me. Wait, that's a great comment. I'm pleased. <laughs> it's very good. Um, that is so, delightful. So you think it was Spring Hill Jack taking his dogs for a walk. I actually, when I heard glowing red eyes and wings and seven feet tall, I was immediately like, Mothman. These oh, are Mothman's man, dogs. Mothman. These are Mothman's dogs. Mothman was just trying to have a nice beach vacation and play some baseball with his non-glowing dogs. And, <laughs> you know, can't do anything anymore. His his dog just had puppies. Um, so that is a hellhound sighting anyway. <laughs> oh my god, his dog just had puppies and he took them all out to the baseball field. <laughs> For some good, clean family fun. So good. I'm sure there are more reputable hellhound sightings in that one, but I couldn't find any that were much more fun. <laughs> that one delighted me. Oh, my god! So next time you have an ESP and you go to the baseball field, you might see some spooky dogs. I can't wait to see some spooky dogs. Some real spooky dogs. I love it. Um, now, actually, it does stand to mention, though, that um, the show Mountain Monsters, which, like, deals with some Appalachian... Uh, cryptids and sort of like hunting down some like things and trying to find proof of them um, does believe that they've found proof of hellhounds and like hellhound prints and hellhound nests and like really definitively think that they know the hellhound exists and there is like apparently a hellhound episode um they think that they have one caught on camera so if you go to um it's on destinationamerica.com and you go to the mountain monsters section they have some hellhound videos just just for our listeners at home so if you want to watch some people that aren't us try to prove the cryptids exist, like, they're a reasonable source to go check out. This is happening right now. I am going to yeah. the website. The hell on God on camera, Mountain Monsters. Oh, yep. I'm going to watch it right now. It's two minutes long. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tell you what I see. Have you watched it? Uh, I only watched the first part of it. So yeah, go ahead and give okay. us, like, a play-by-play. Okay, do not attempt. The traps and procedures seen in this program are developed by experienced professionals and should not be duplicated. And then they go on with, before conducting any, conducting any hunting or trapping activities, consult appropriate authorities to ensure your actions are safe and legal. So don't do it. But if you do. But if you do. Make sure you're being safe and legal, which is, like, fair. All right. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, really lit for this. All right. Buck is a rookie. And he's talking about how they found an eyewitness named Drew. Mm-hmm. This, like, recreation of a hellhound they have here, like, this little, like, 3D animation of it is... Very silly. Oh my gosh, wait, um, what did you say their witness's name was? Uh, Buck. Their witness's name is Buck? Buck. Oh, okay. I thought you said <gasps> Drew, and the person who posted on the forum that I just read, like, listed their name as Andrew, and I was, like, freaking oh, no. out a little bit. Okay, so that video looks like that is, I hate to be, like, 
I hate to be a scully, but that is so very clearly a black bear. No, it's not, Addison. It's a hellhound. Can't you see the way it's not glowing? Bears glow. (laughs) Oh, damn. Wait a minute. No. That's not a bear. Huckleberry says so. Oh, well. (laughs) I trust Huckleberry with my life. And actually, you know, in all seriousness, the way that the thing moves in the video, like, you know how bears kind of the way their legs are, like they have like the four legs that are all kind of, Uh there's not an arch to them. Right. This thing has an arch to its spine and to like, it's like, like it's thicker in the front and then like has an arch to its spine and it's back the way like um, hyenas kind of look or the way like Mm -hmm. something like a cougar looks. Yeah. Or like most pictures of the hellhound. Just do me a favor real quick and just Google hellhound and then go to images. Well, can I finish the video first? Uh, yeah, if you want. I'm not going to like dive in. I'm just going to kind of skip a little bit around. I'm also going to Google hellhound and then look at the images so that we're looking at the same Um, thing at the same time. I think they found like a kill site. They're measuring yeah, there's several how big it would probably be. And there's like several videos on there. I like this. The show looks great because it looks like if Duck Dynasty, instead of being about a bunch of like homophobes making duck calls and being rich, was a, was instead about a bunch of cool guys with similar beards looking for monsters in the mountains. That's pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'm gonna Google Hellham. Yep, now and then just go to the to, images tab. Yeah, welcome back to our favorite sequence or our favorite segment on the show. Addison Google images stuff. Okay. Ooh. Some spooky ones, right? Spiky boys. Yep, there are some some dang spiky boys on there. (laughs) Spiky boys. Yeah, so some of them have, like, spikes either around, like, the collar area or going down their spine. Um, Most of them seem to be mostly wolfish in appearance, although more muscular than wolves. Um, Like, they have Mm. a thicker torso to them. Wolves are actually pretty pretty slender in most cases um but these creatures are like much more muscular in the front and then like very narrow waists yeah um which gives them more of again that skeletal appearance that like very spooky kind of let's see what else we have here what they look like a little bit um some of them look kind of hyena like yeah a lot of them do so they have that like quote-unquote wild dog look to them um they they are either very like shaggy black fur or again have that like emaciated like skin texture appearance most of them have larger teeth than normal they're all pretty ferocious looking um but some of them except for i found some fan art i'm gonna put in your inbox right now oh yeah no is it the the hellhound like weird oc monster girl encyclopedia Um, please do not on my profile thanks there's one where she's like eating an ice cream cone Oh, gosh. No, I'm not looking at that one. Not like, no, it's not like in a sexual way. Don't make me look at that one. <laughs> no, it's not like in a sexy way. Oh, good. I hate sexy ice cream. <laughs> no, it's literally just like, it's it's like in a, like, it's in like a little baby way. All right. Let me see. Oh, okay. They're actually pretty precious. That's me and my children. I love it, <laughs> actually. You are the um, boy in the baseball cap. I'm the boy in the baseball cap feeding ice cream to my hellhound children. <laughs> That's me. That's me a little bit. Um, it's a little bit you, yeah. It's that's a tiny, tiny bit me. Most hellhounds don't look like that, though. Yeah, these are real, um, real precious. They're not spooky they, at all. They're super precious. They're like the baby Muppets version of hellhounds. Yeah. These are like little baby Muppets in like eating uh, ice cream. 
Now, I do want to go ahead and specify that the term hellhound is apparently offensive to some people Ow. in that I told Andrew earlier and he was viscerally upset because he then cited to me the fact that the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven cannot possibly be lying. And so the idea of a hound that has anything to do with hell is just like very upsetting and he wouldn't talk about it. Let me pause it. Like, let me just give you a, like ref- refute that a little bit and say that. Yes, all dogs go to heaven eventually, but these dogs don't go to hell. They are from hell. It is their birthplace and their So they're coming from hell and then ascending to heaven because that's what dogs do? Eventually, yes. Oh, that's very good. I like that a lot. (laughs) Like, make sure Andrew knows that. Make sure you let him know that they're not going to hell. They originate there. (laughs) They're good dogs, though, Brent. Well, I don't know if they're good dogs, Brent. Um, All dogs are good. I mean... Addison, here's the thing I need you to understand. Uh Uh-huh. Literally, a dog could be chewing my arm, like, in a a vicious way, and I would call him a good dog. Alex, please. They're good dogs. Alex, please, do not. In any sort of scenario that involves both me and a dog, I assume the dog is correct. Oh, no. I assume the dog has the higher moral ground. You assume the the dog knows better. I'm always going to assume that the dog is, like, more ethically pure than I am. Oh, no. I mean... Hellhounds are just, like, chaotic good instead of lawful good like most dogs. They're good boys. They're chaotic good at all. They are. They're good. They're chaotic neutral at best. Addison, they're good dogs. (laughs) Alex, please. Um, Okay, but here's the thing about hellhounds, because we talked, like, about their appearance in general, but, like, what makes them actually, like, dangerous and spooky? Yeah. Um, so hellhounds actually are not really likely to attack you. Um, the thing about hellhounds is that, and this varies a little bit, the most common idea is that if you look a hellhound in the eyes three times, you're dead. That's it. It will kill you. The hellhound doesn't do it. It's not really, like, the hellhound intentionally killing you. The hellhound is not going to, like, try to get you in a staring contest. <laughs> it's just that if you look a hellhound in the eyes three times... Like, that will kill you. Similarly, if you look in a basilisk, like, yeah, it's that. It's not like the basilisk is, like, doing a special glare that makes you do that. It's just, like, a thing that happens as a result of that action. Sort of like, sort of like how, sort of like Medusa. Yeah, exactly. She's not out here, yeah, she's not out here trying to turn you into stone. She's not trying to turn you into stone. It's just, like, that's what happens if you look her in the eyes. And at least with a hellhound, you get three shots, right? Like, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Some other people believe, though, that if you just look at a hellhound three times, that's it. Or, like, have a hellhound sighting three times. So, like, um, yeah, what were you talking about? It's it's the Grimm. It's Harry Harry Potter. Yep. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Um, So, again, in a much more general sense, then there is also the watered-down belief that just, like, if you see a hellhound, it's not going to do anything bad to you, but it is a portent of bad things to come. So seeing okay, a hellhound, so. like in a banshee-type sense, means something very bad is going to happen. It's yeah. just not necessarily going to be the hellhound's fault. So again, they do sort of range from, like, um, dangerous to, like, just sort of associated with bad things. In some accounts, it is the hellhound doing a bad time. Like, But in other accounts, it's just, like, the hellhound is an indicator of bad things to come. Like, the Grim is just an omen. The Grim isn't actually going to attack you. It's, it's, it's like that. Yeah, it's a portent. Right, exactly. Um, now, that's not to say that they couldn't do a lot of damage to you if, for whatever reason, you provoked them or they wanted to, because, I mean, look at those things. They're terrifying. But yeah, that's... in most cases, yeah, it's just going to be like, you're not going to get harmed directly by a hellhound unless you're engaging with it in some way. 
Alex, I hate to say it, but it looks like when we get into survival tips, these are a lot of things that you really actively don't like to do. Like, oh, I'm gone. I'm look, look I'm already, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to survive. I can tell you guys how to do it, but I'm not going to follow my own advice. I was do say, as I say, not as I do. I was going to say, because the rules would be like, if you see a strange dog, don't look at its eyes or pet it. Yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, here's the other thing. Like, I love Sherlock Holmes so much, but like, if it had been me and Hound of the Baskervilles, like, screw the mystery. I'm finding that dog. <laughs> Like time to find the dog. Time yeah. to find that hellhound. Yeah. Um, hey, that's that, probably a hellhound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is definitely like drawn from those myths. And like I alluded to earlier, there are like more specific hellhound myths that go along with specific geographic regions. And maybe in a later episode, we can touch on the ones over there in the UK because there are some very specific ones with some very oh. cool information about them. I would love to actually. Um, I have someone we could reach out to about that, actually. I cool. uh, had a conversation with a no-sleep writer, uh, Henry Galley, recently. Um, he's a writer of a lot of stories we've had on the No Sleep podcast, and he's from a small village in the UK that he told me the name of, but is dominated by this urban legend of this uh, very frightening um, dog, like black Sweet. dog figure. So it's definitely a hellhound. Yeah, no, it absolutely is a hellhound. It's just a very specific type that I don't mm-hmm. remember... Um, it's less interesting of a story when I'm like, there's probably a thing. I don't remember what it's called. But, um, no, it's great. There is, um, like in Welsh, I think it's called like the Gwilig or something. There is yeah. a Scottish one. Is that it? No, but I, I've heard of that one as well. Yeah. There's a Scottish one, um, that I would have to find the name for again. Unless that is uh, it. That might be it. Henry, I know you listen uh, to the show and I'm really sorry. Look at something else. The Welsh is like the Quinon one. Um, and I can't find the other name that I had written down. Let me look really quick and see if I can find the message when we were talking about this, because it was really sure. interesting. If, if there's some um, dead time, I'll cut it out. Yeah, just to talk some more about hellhounds um, and what their general like role is. Like, why are they here? What's their motivation? Um, some mm-hmm. hellhounds are guardians. They like guard the entrances to hell or Hades um, by sort of hanging. That's why you'll usually see them hanging around like graveyards. Um, so there, like, are burial grounds, graveyards, um, like, churchyards, maybe. Um, or they might undertake other duties related to supernatural effects in the afterlife, um, including sometimes hunting down lost souls or guarding, um, supernatural, like, treasures or caches. Yeah, they, in cultures where, like, they believe in, like, Hades or Satan or, like, some ruler over the underworld, hellhounds are under, like, the orders or the domain or the dominion of, like, those figures. Okay. So, like, in Greek mythology, like, Cerberus is literally, like, Hades' dog. Oh, my God. So, Sweet boy. Okay, found it. Um, actually, literally, actively was messaging Henry just now. He literally sent me a message, and I said, Henry, quick, what's the dog? <laughs> um, it is called Black Shuck. It is okay. the name given to a ghostly black dog that roams the coastline and countryside of East Anglia. Very cool. Um, and it is it is a very scary uh, like um, dog described a lot of the time as having just one like one eye being like a cyclops kind oh, of. Oh whoa, look. that's nuts! Does that eye glow? Uh, yes, large red eyes or eye, depending on the account. Nice. And it's um, considered to be a demon or a ghost and be an omen of death. Uh, although it is also been apparently, according to both, uh, according to this uh, Wikipedia article I found, also described as being of a, a, a companionable animal. Aw, they're Which good boys. Like, 
Yeah, he's a good boy. You could just kind of chill with him. This is one specific dog, too. Like, there's not, like, a whole species of and There's just the one. No, they're all he good hangs boys. Out. And he's an old boy, because he's been around since 1587. <laughs> what? Love him. Love this good boy. He is omnipresent. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, getting into survival tips. We did already yes, touch please, on some sorry. of them. But basically, you see a strange dog, like, that's on the baseball fields that splits into three other dogs and, like, bends its spine over itself. Like, don't touch it. I know you want to. I want to. Everybody wants to. Everyone that's good wants to pet a good dog. But, like, just don't, I guess. New rule. Don't pet any dog that doesn't glow. (laughs) Only Only pet glowing dogs you trust. Only, like, check your dogs, people. Check them. If they don't glow, don't pet them. If they don't glow, don't go. That's our new Crypto Keeper <laughs> PSA. Buddy Forbes, please. <laughs> buddy, please. If they're a no glow, it's a no go. Don't pet right, non glowing dogs. Crypto Keeper. Here we go, here we go. PSA poster. Picture of a glowing dog. Uh huh. No glow on top, no right. go underneath. Good. Uh, PSA from the Cryptid Keeper. Keep yourself and your family safe from hellhounds. I like it. I like it. Do we got any more, like, more slogans for, for hellhounds? Because I feel like this is, like, a very applicable, like, wide-scale PSA, you know, right? Because, like, kids want to pet dogs. So we need to figure out some way to get the word out to the people in these suburban areas. Um, I guess kind of related to the glowing idea, it's, like, a little rhyming slogan, because I think rhymes stick in people's heads really well. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't see them too well, better run like hell. Um, Ah, I like that. Thank you. It's also That's a good one. That's a good one, too. (laughs) Only heck hounds. (laughs) Only heck hounds. (laughs) Every dog that's not a hellhound, a good dog, is a heck hound. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe just, like, a don't pet strange dogs in general, which, again, I hate, but, like, I think is applicable advice. Like, if it ain't rabies, then it's Hades. Don't pet strange dogs. Like, it's, it's about either way. Um, yeah. Also, it occurs to me just now that he described a bluish-gray fog descending on the baseball field when there Yeah, because of his ESP. Around. No, it was Hades was there. Well, yeah, but also he had an ESP. He had an ES- uh, ESP, but here's the thing. Hades, <laughs> from the Disney animated feature Hercules, was there. Uh, yeah, maybe Hades was a seven-foot-tall winged humanoid with red eyes. Maybe he doesn't have wings and that was just, like, his, like, fun cloak or something. It's possible. Yeah, he was just taking the boys out for a stroll in the nice Florida weather. I would believe that Hades vacations in Florida. I would believe that Florida man is Hades. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry to all our Florida listeners, but, like, Florida is pretty much the closest thing that uh, North America has to hell. <laughs> it's hot. Bugs are eating you alive all the time. Gators. Like, Gators there's a bunch of old people there. <laughs> Alligators in swimming pools. And hellhounds. And hellhounds. Hellhounds. That's it. We gotta talk about sewer gators on here sometime. Oh man, I would love to, but I think we're starting to run out of time on this one. So survival tips again. Here on this episode, I just mean (laughs) So follow our PSA and our posters, um, which I think are all very good and I love them. I have Uh, to ask you, I know it's not like classic to the show for me to ask you when it's your cryptid, like to rate something or give me like a. Well, we've got a good rating skill. Let's go for it. Okay, so you know how there's like the Westminster jo- the Westminster Dog Show. Yeah, 
Okay, so like, say there's like the Underminster dog show, like the <laughs> underworld, like mm-hmm. hell dog show, and uh, you've got like hellhounds. Uh, like, what qualities do you think it would take for a hellhound to become the best in show? Ooh, good question. So, like, our judging criteria for like what makes a good, like, the perfect specimen of a hellhound? Yes. Okay, so you know I'm measuring that, like, chest-to-waist ratio. Like, this thing has to have, like, greyhound levels of weirdness in the body form. They've got, like, a a crunk from Emperor's New Groove, kind of. Yeah, literally. It's, like, huge chest and, like, super narrow waist. Like, that is primo hellhound form. Tiny little. Um, I'm definitely looking for, like, shininess of skin because if they're not, like, they're, you know, there are the hairy varieties and then there are the not hairy varieties. Either way, like, skin quality is so, so important. Um, we got to get it just super right. Uh, the the luster of the eyes, the glowiness of the glowy eyes. Mm, um, and any of these dogs that glow, they're just right out. Like, if the dog glows, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, just disqualified. Don't need those second-rate hellhounds. Uh, your, your garden variety glowing hellhounds. Like, these dogs don't glow. Um, <laughs> so those just immediately out. Um, I feel like there's probably a standard number of ribs that I should be able to count through, like, the, the horrible emaciated skin of the hellhound. Mm. Um, um, if it is is fiery in nature, I'm looking for, like, perfect form on the flames, right? Like, I want wanna, like- just some, some like, really good variation, like a yellow mm-hmm. center and, like, some, some beautiful red on the outsides. And- I would suggest you want to like toast a marshmallow on those. And, like, yeah, well, that's actually how you how you text you <laughs> you see if you can get like the perfect marshmallow like right in between where like the hips meet the tailbone like that's primo roasting spot and like if you can get it right there then like ah oh, excellent wonderful love it. <laughs> that's um, perfect. And then I'm gonna check the teeth just to make sure that they're appropriately scary. <laughs> How good are they for chomping and biting? Well, again, that's the marshmallow test, right? Like, <laughs> you roast the marshmallow and then you give the marshmallow to the hellhound. And if its teeth are just, like, so, so right for marshmallow chomping, it's... Love it. Oh, you've made them very cute and now I'm attached. <laughs> They're good dogs. <laughs> They're good dogs. I'm still going to pet one if I see it. I want one. I want to have one and it'll be, like, the best wilderness companion ever. You're going to come back to the show next week and you're going to be like, so there's only one host now because <laughs> Alex did what she wasn't supposed to do and she pet a weird dog. And now she's gone. <laughs> and now she's rip. dead. <laughs> rip. Rip in peace. Rip in pieces. Rip in pieces. Um, so I think that's all we got. Do you have any announcements? Oh, actually, I have one announcement, and that is a solemn, sad affair. But that is that I'm going to be in Chicago for the like from the 19th to the 26th. So for a week, there will be no episode because I can't fly with my microphone because I get worried. But we'll be like active on our social media, and like maybe Alex, if she's feeling generous <laughs> and has free time, will do something. I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna do a live stream where I just play boat drinks 50 times. Oh, I was gonna. I hope you're all ready. I was just just a live stream where they get to meet your dogs, but uh, no, they're my dogs. I hope I share them with strangers. <laughs> oh no! No, I'm kidding. You all can see my dogs. They're good dogs. I love my dogs. Um, but yeah, no, we'll figure out something. I will have something for you guys next week. I just don't know what yet. Um, Thank so you. Sorry yeah, to put the whole responsibility on you. Um, I'm going to be in Chicago, and if you're a Crypto Keeper listener and, like, you're going to be – actually, if you're going to be at Chicago Pride, I'm going to be there. Um, so, like, if you're a Crypto Keeper listener and you're going to be at the Chicago Pride Parade, let me know. I'd love to say hi. Um, oh, we should have done a Pride episode on the Babadook. 
God. It's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Pride Month isn't over yet. That's true. We still got time. All right. Great. Um, Anyway, I think that does us for today. I think it does. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I was about to thank Alex for joining me. But like, this Aww, is you're show. so welcome. <laughs> but like, Glad to be on the show. show. Really, I, always a pleasure. <laughs> it's great to be a guest on. We're all, you know it's, it's so great to be a guest on the podcast I came up with. <laughs> Every week, we're both the guest on the show together. <laughs> if I ever have to list it on my resume, I'm just going to say, I've been a guest on The Crypto Keeper like 40 times. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. We only have like 15 episodes. This is the 16th. So, you, there you is go. It's just like 40. Okay. They're um, basically the same. They're both divisible right, by um, four and uh, two. Wrap ups, wrap they up share stuff. some common factors. Um, <laughs> our music is by Andrew Giada. We are on our on Facebook at The Cryptic Keeper. We are also we have a Facebook group just recently passed 100 members. What is up? Uh, hey. The Cryptic Keeper. The Crypto Keeper Appreciation Group. We are on Twitter at CryptKeepPod. You know how it is. And we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Do all the thing. Uh, all of it. All of it. Every single one. Social media. All of them. All righty. So, oh, I do the sign-off phrase. Yikes. I sure do. Um, I surely do. So, uh, as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>